Welcome to this edition of Morgan Yass for Podcast. NFL draft preview, kind of NFL topics uh, with this one. The NFL draft does start Thursday night, 7 p.m. And I did read where Roger Goodell will be able to have a handshake and a hug if that draft uh, prospect would like. Uh, he is fully vaccinated. And then obviously the players and stuff have all been tested multiple times and everything. Um, so that that's good. It's not an all virtual thing like it was last year. Um, it's good that everything's getting back to normal. And then obviously, you know, the top three, four picks, you know, could all be quarterbacks. Um, it would, so it'd be interesting to see that. And we'll talk about that, but, uh, you know, overall, Trevor, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks and, uh, how you doing? Doing good. Just been traveling for work. Uh, took a little vacation time <clears throat> a couple weeks ago or a week ago to go do a couple concerts down in Texas. They're kind of back open. So right. decided to go and do a little bit of that. But uh, yeah, this this is draft week. This is my favorite time of the year, free agency draft. I kind of like it more than the regular season a lot of times. And come Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Time, we're going to have a draft in Cleveland and There'll be some prospects there. I, I saw a list earlier, but I can't remember who was going to be there and, and who wasn't. Right. I, I don't know who is, but I just saw where Roger Goodell is fully vaccinated and can, you know, touch people and stuff like that. I mean, that was kind of a big deal and everything. So, and that's good because that's what kind of stunk last year is, you know, those, those kids work hard their whole lives and that first round draft pick getting to meet Goodell and everything. That's big. That picture you can, no matter what happens in their career or anything, that moment happened for them and they can put it up on their wall and everything. And, and last year, those guys didn't get that. And that stunk. Yeah. Last year they did it. I mean, concerning the circumstances, they did a good job with all the virtual stuff that they had right. to do because that was all that they could do. But you're right. Now we're getting back to, I think 20 or so prospects will be there. You know, when their name is called, they're going to go across the stage, shake his hand, the, the Cleveland, People from Cleveland will be there in attendance, cheering or booing, whatever it is, right. uh, depending on the pick and the team. So it's kind of going to get back to how it was. Glad they're doing it. I'm, gl I'm glad they're rotating the cities, too. I mean, this was something that happened a few years ago that they decided. But this will be the first one again now after COVID or back in live person. Yeah, so they went Nashville. Was Nashville the last one? Yeah, I believe so, because then it was supposed to be Vegas. Right. And they didn't have that. I mean, they didn't have that one. So I, I think, yeah, I think the the time off is between Nashville and then now in Cleveland. I believe that's correct. Yeah. So, you know, and, and you know, let's just kind of go ahead and get to it. I think the number one pick, obviously, Jacksonville Jaguars, Urban Meyer, new coach and everything is a no brainer. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going there. I mean, I think they've already probably have everything figured out. I mean, I think it's literally just a formality. I'm guessing they've already got salary. Well, that's really not even a question anymore. It's just a slotted spot anymore. Um, but, you know, he got married and he got a bunch of gifts and stuff from the city and people there. And then he donated a bunch of money there. Is there any way that Jacksonville does not make that pick? I mean, 99.9% .9 sure they do. I, the only way I could see is if Urban Meyer really loves Justin Fields, I guess, because he's from Ohio State. But no, I I, I think this is. I looked on uh, Fox Bet a couple of days ago just for fun, 
And I think I had to bet $50 to win five cents <laughs> on Trevor Lawrence to go to the, the Jags. So th this pick is locked in. Th this is the reason Urban Meyer came back, or I mean, came back to coaching, I should say, first time in the NFL. I really have no reason to think that he's not going to succeed. Now, does that mean he's going to win a Super Bowl? You know, I don't know. But I, I think he, Trevor Lawrence, and the Jags are going to have success. I expect them to have winning seasons, playoff appearances, playoff wins. Now, if you're asking me if they get a championship or not, I mean, that's kind of a tough one to say. But I think Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence work in Jacksonville. I agree. I, I just don't see he's never lost anywhere he's been. I mean, now he is he going to go out and go 500 and make the playoffs this year? I don't think so. I mean, I don't. I mean, I think he'll have more losses this year than he probably had in his Ohio State career. <laughs> but uh, um, but give him three years and three draft picks and three sets of free agents, and he'll be okay. I agree with you. And they, I think they have like 10 or 12 draft picks right now. So, and again, they've got some good weapons on offense. They just need to secure that O line up at a tight end focus on the defense and if Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence are the guys that they're expecting to be they they could be an eight or nine win team the first year I think potentially you, you, so you do think they potentially because you know, well uh you know contender I mean I don't depends on the year sometimes eight and eight get in and sometimes not but well now we have an extra game this year uh, well, so yeah. that's why yeah that's why I said that uh that, that can be a topic for a little bit later but now the teams are going to be playing 17 regular season games rather than 16. So, yeah, I'm not so concerned about the Jaguars the first six, eight games of the year because that they're going to be getting into new new playbook. It's a weird offseason, but I'll be interested to see how they perform the second half of the season after they've had time to work together and to see if Urban can adjust to the NFL schedule and his players can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, almost – you know, not to the same level, but kind of like what Tampa Bay did. You know, they were not the same team first half of the season, and there was no one better the last half. And obviously, the run into the, to win the Super Bowl, they're not from a, a good team to a great team. They're from a bad team to maybe being a good team. You know, but same idea. Mm -hmm. um, number two with the Jets. Um, you know, I think everything I'm hearing uh, is Wilson is who they like. I am told just me personally, just looking at the rest of the, I don't know who I pick. Um, they're all have deficiencies. They've all, you know, Wilson, he had one good year. I, I look at Mitch Trubisky for my bears. He had one good year in North Carolina, number two pick. He, he is what he is. I mean, it's not, is he a horrible quarterback? I don't think so. I mean, but is he the game changer they want him to be? I don't think so. Um, and then you hate to say this, but going to the Jets has historically been not good for any quarterbacks in the last 25, 30 years. No, it hasn't. I mean, Chad Pennington had some good moments there, but his arm, he never could get his arm and his shoulder right. filled up enough to, to really find out if he was the guy or not. Uh, for Zach Wilson, he reminds me of a more athletic Jay Keller. Which, when I say that, I, I don't mean his personality is like that or whatever, but right. he has a really strong arm. He can throw off weird platforms, like he can throw from weird angles, which is good. But uh, 
obviously if you're getting picked second overall, Jay Cutler had a solid career, but he never quite lived up to the hype. I think he was number 10 pick the year he was drafted, something like that. It was, I think it was around 10, but yeah, the Jets is a tough situation. Joe Douglas, their GM, I think is a good GM. So he has that going for him, but if he's asked to start day one, it, it's going to be a tough uphill climb for him coming from BYU to New York. And I, I don't know, I just, he seems like the most likely to bust maybe just because of where he's going, I guess right. I would say. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, I, I think if, if somehow Jacksonville takes somebody else and Trevor Lawrence goes to New York, I don't know if he makes it. I mean, it's just a, you almost used to say that with Cleveland, you know, if he went there, it just wasn't going to work. Right. Um, they've overhauled it. They've done a better job. And so, and I know New York has tried to do that. They got a new GM, new coach. And so they're trying that. Maybe this does work out, uh, but just, you almost feel sorry for the kid, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He, he could be a good kid and he could be a good player, but again, it's, uh, they don't have a lot of players around them. So not only are they, they need him to hit, they need their other draft picks this year to hit as well and their free agent signings. So it, it's a, it's a tough ask. And I wouldn't be so surprised if the jets are picking in the top five again next year. I mean, I, if, he, if he's not the answer, they'll be picking in the top five. I think again. Yeah, I agree. Um, Number three, 49ers uh, have already traded. This has already been a trade to get up to number three. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the team, right? Yep. Um, and, I think they'll keep him until the trading deadline minimum. Yeah. and then Unless they get an offer they can't turn down during the draft or something. Right. Um, but every um, everything everybody's saying is they want a quarterback. And, you know, again, it's just who it, who is it going to be? It's Field or is it Wilson or is it Trey Lance? You know, I mean, it's. You know, most of the ones I've seen have all been Justin Fields as the number three guy, so he's the guy. Um, but if the order's different, then they have to take somebody else. Um, who do you think they want? And how important is this pick for Kyle Shanahan and his future and John Lynch's future in San Francisco? Well, to start first, who do I think they pick? I mean, the last three weeks, or the first two to three weeks after the trade initially happened, about four weeks ago, I guess it was, everyone thinks it's Mac Jones. That That's, everyone says it's Mac Jones for sure. That's the least intriguing to me, or the least exciting. I just, it's tough for me to imagine them trading all those picks to go up and get Mac Jones. Because I don't think they would have needed to go to three to get him. That's kind of what I think, but for two to three weeks after that trade happened, that was all you heard. It's Mac Jones, it's Mac Jones. Uh, I personally think it's Lance or Fields. Now, I think the betting odds have switched to Fields recently. It was Jones a week or two ago. I, I just, I've seen Lance just fallen, like not even top five pick now. Yeah, and I mean, one of them is going to probably drop out of the top five. It's just going to, just the way it is. And to me, Lance is my number two. That's, that's the guy I like behind Trevor Lawrence. I like Trey Lance. But for the 49ers, here's what I'll say. I won't be surprised if any of those names are, are called just because the last four weeks, that's all we've heard is those three names. So if this trade would have taken place the day before the draft and then they took Mac Jones, I would have been surprised. But now that we've had three or four weeks of talk of it, you've heard all three of those names. So 
if any of those three names are taken or selected, I'm not going to be surprised at all. What will surprise me, and I don't think it'll happen, is if they take Pitts or Sewell. Right. Some people are saying that, but I don't think that happens. I just don't. How do you take Pitts with the number three pick, which, and then you got two stud tight ends, which is fine. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I just don't think you waste that high a pick on that position when you already have an all pro guy. I agree. That that's the only thing that's going to surprise me at this point. Otherwise, it's one of those three quarterbacks. Whoever it is, not going to be surprised but, just because you know. Obviously, they didn't earn that pick. They traded for that pick. Um, but do you think they do take Mac Jones because that is a team drafting that high that doesn't have to have the game changing quarterback because they have other talent. I mean, they're they're not that far away. As, as much as Jacksonville and the Jets and Atlanta. Oh, they, no, the 49ers are a Super Bowl roster. They're ready to win right now. They so just would Mac two. Jones, even though I don't think they would have had to go that high, maybe they were afraid somebody else would. Um, they know that's the kind of guy they want. And do they take him because, hey, just get it out of his hands and get it to, you know, the tight end and get it to the running backs and get it to the receivers and just do exactly what he did at Alabama. He wasn't asked to do anything, but get it to your guys. Yeah. Colin Coward was talking about this a lot the last couple of weeks and he doesn't like the Mac Jones pick, but the more he's talked to his people and again, people might not like Colin Coward, but he's connected to a lot of right. yeah. pretty good people. And I watch him a lot, uh, Pat McAfee, some other guys, and they know people. So that's kind right. of why you listen to him sometimes and he was saying the thing about Mac Jones that makes sense is is when Shanahan's had a healthy quarterback the one year that he did with Jimmy G he made the Super Bowl right other than that Jimmy G can't stay healthy so all he needs is a guy to stay healthy and play within the system and they're probably going to be a a playoff team at minimum right let alone a Super Bowl contender so he's like I start to he's like I'm starting to understand why that might be the pick he's like it's not the one I'd make but he, he's like, I get their point of thinking if that's who they think. You know, and then he went to the Super Bowl with Atlanta as the offensive coordinator with Matt, you know, Matt Ryan, who isn't a move around, do everything type of guy. He's a stand there and throw it around guy. Um, yeah. So that's what they do. And that's what he does in his, he doesn't need Trey Lance in his system. You know, no, he doesn't. That's who I would like to see him take just because I think it's right more exciting, you know, but, right. uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if it's Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields, I'm not going to be all that surprised. I mean, because it's got to be one of those three. So, yeah, you don't draft up to number three to not take a quarterback either. In in this day and age, yeah, just, yeah, you, you're not going up there for a tight end slash receiver. I mean, a tackle you could, but you're not going to trade away those picks so either. I mean, if you move it up one spot, but they went from 14 or whatever it was or 12, and then. Miami and Eagles made their trade and that was a crazy day actually <laughs> that was actually a fun one that was once that trade went down then there was rumors of the Dolphins and the Eagles were going to make a trade and I was having a tough time keeping up but that was it made for that's why I like the offseason it's kind of exciting at times and it's becoming more like that absolutely okay let's go down to number four the Atlanta Falcons and I think this is an intriguing one because it's, it's what do they want if they want to still try to win now with their quarterback and try to win for the next year or two, they make one pick. If they are looking towards the future, 
a year or two of sitting a guy, you draft another guy. I mean, they take, if they were still trying to win and do make the best team for next year, you got to take pits here, I believe. But if you're looking towards the future, Matt Ryan's not going to be there more than a year or two. Then you take one of those quarterbacks and sitting behind Matt Ryan and, and you look at the quarterbacks that are winning right now in the NFL, Mahomes sat, Tom Brady sat, you know, Aaron Rodgers sat, you know, everybody's all about playing all these guys now, but the, the guys that are winning all sat. Um, so does Arthur Blank say as the owner, you know, say, Hey, we have to start looking to the future because Matt Ryan's not going to be here that much longer. One, he's just getting older and two, he's getting too expensive. Or do we take the best player available, which would be Pitts most likely at that pick. And we just go forward with that. So they just have a decision to make and I don't know which way they're going to go. You, you basically let it out. Just what I was going to say, uh, in my opinion, the Falcons really can't go wrong with whatever they decide to do. No, they just have they're to decide. What, yeah, just have to decide what they're going to do. Yeah, just have to decide. Uh, I think they're going to stick with Matt Ryan for at least two more years because of his contract. But you're right, Arthur Smith. He did tell the new coaching staff and GM to evaluate the quarterbacks. But from what I've heard, he didn't say that they have to take one. He's like, just evaluate them that way in case we want to take one. We can, and we have the info which all teams are going to do that anyway. But so to me, yeah, to me, they either take Pitts or Sewell, uh, Panay Sewell, the left tackle, because mm-hmm. they still need some, their own line's okay. But to me, he's a, uh, we'll get into more of him a little bit with the Bengals, but I think it's either those two players or they trade down if they don't take quarterback, because there's not a defensive player worth taking it for, in my opinion, this high. So, yeah, I think it's those two guys, a quarterback, or they trade down. And obviously, if they're going to trade down, you're looking at the Denver Broncos or the, the Patriots. Those are the two teams that pop up right away. Out of the top five, is that the most likely team to trade down, you think? Yeah, because, I mean, the, the first three are locked in. You yeah, know? I agree. So, yeah, I mean, the Falcons are going to be the first. The Bengals don't make trades. They ain't moving. They never do. They have a stubborn owner. They're cheap. They're going to stay at five. And then you look at the Dolphins. The Dolphins, I mean, everyone's saying, well, there's no way they move down. Well, they might. I mean, if they get a good haul, they've they've shown they're, they'll move all around. They don't care. Right. If they feel like they're getting value, they'll trade up, trade well, down. And so, I don't care what you say. That guy learned from Bill Belichick. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, he did. So the I mean, Bengals are not moving. So, yeah, I mean, the Falcons are going to be the first team to move. The Bengals are going to stay. and They're just going to do what they do and probably ruin Joe Burrow's career. But that's it. We can get to them next if you want. Yeah, say, say so. So, yeah, so we're in agreement there. Atlanta just has to make a decision on what they want to do. Yeah, and I don't think there's a wrong decision because I, I do believe that Matt Ryan's got a couple good years left in him. Now, if, if you had to sit a guy out of those, okay, so let's just say it does go, you know, Lawrence, uh, Fields, and Wilson gone. So out of Mac Jones or Trey Lance, and you got to sit him, I take Trey Lance. I think he has a higher ceiling, maybe a lower floor, because I think Mac Jones is just kind of a steady Eddie. He's not going to screw you over. He's not going to go be an all 
an all pro, a pro bowl guy, but it's not going to be horrible either. If you play him, you know, Trey Lance is just a tough sell. You know, obviously didn't have any power five offers out of high school. And then obviously playing in North Dakota state and it's Carson Wentz went there and, and he's a good NFL quarterback, um, had some struggles, but hopefully he gets revitalized in mm. uh, Indianapolis. But I think he's, he was worth where he dra- got drafted and that's not, he's an NFL quarterback. Um, but just Trey Lance is a little bit under the radar and people don't know quite what they're getting. They played one game this last year and that's not his fault. Um, they literally did it for him. They wouldn't have played yeah. at all. Um, so they tried their best. Um, if I'm drafting at four and going to sit, I take Trey Lance, let him sit behind Matt Ryan for a year or two and then see what you got. That's what I would do. If I'm going to take a quarterback, if I'm the Falcons, that's, well, like I said, that's my number two guy behind Lawrence. So yeah, you would take him no matter, even if you had to play him right away, if he's your number two and you're sitting at four, that's great. You'd love Yeah. Him. So, I mean, yeah. And, and they might do that. It's just, they've got, they've got a lot of money tied up in Matt Ryan for the next two to three years. So they can take a quarterback. I mean, it's not out of the possibility, but it, they're almost a year or two too early. So they can win. They can win with Matt Ryan. I mean, they're not that. And then, so, okay, so looking, saying that, how much do teams look at next year's quarterback draft class? Now, obviously, Atlanta is hoping they're not drafting at number four. Mm -hmm. Um, But knowing, hey, next year's draft class, top 10 quarterbacks, you know, we don't want to be drafting at number four, obviously. But let's just say number six through ten, can we win with that guy next year or those guys? How much do teams look at that or not at all? Oh, they have to because you got to look two years ahead, I think. Because you know, if you have an older quarterback like Matt Ryan, you know that his time is coming to an end eventually. So you have to be looking two to three years ahead. And I think teams do no matter what, but especially when you have an older quarterback. So, yeah. Next year's quarterback class is not really projected to be very good. Right. That's what I, that's kind of was my hand. I did. Yeah. I'd have to, I have to think about who is it going to be coming out next year at quarterback. So just knowing that I couldn't even tell you the number one guy. You got Slovis out of USC. You got Howell out of North Carolina. Okay. You got Brock Purdy out of Iowa state, your boys. He's probably the fifth or sixth prospect right now. Yeah. Third, third or fourth rounder type of guy, but there isn't, there's not a, uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, but there's also not like a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance at this point. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of my point is you don't have a three quarterbacks are going to go in the top five next year. No, no. And this is, this hasn't happened since 1999. If it does happen, which I assume it will, because yeah, the 49ers are going to take quarterback. So first time since 99. Yeah. All right. So now number five, we kind of touched on them a little bit. uh, The Bengals. You don't think they trade at all? They'll stay there. They'll draft. Oh, they'll they'll stay there, right? Do they take uh, Pitts or Sewell or you know? No, it's no. It'll be Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. <laughs> that's all the Bengal fans online say. That's the pick, and the Bengals have been known over the years to kind of let their info out a little bit. And Bengal, so they're not going to try to help uh, Joe Burrow, as you're saying. Well, I mean, it, it does wrong. help. I mean, but yeah. The tackle would sure. But to me, if you're taking a receiver over a potential 10 to 12 year starter at left tackle, maybe a potential Hall of Fame left tackle in Panay Sewell, you take a receiver over him, you got no business 
doing this. I agree. I mean, you, especially when your quarterback blew out his knee this year. Because <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and the thing is, our chat, we've talked about it, and I know you probably agree as a football coach. When it comes to the top 10 picks in the NFL draft, or at least the top five or six, I mean, you get six, yeah. six or 10, that's a little bit iffy. But those top picks are, are supposed to be for quarterbacks, offensive linemen, and defense linemen. Yes, because they are the hardest to come by. That's it. Look what happened to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. He had no protection. And we're going to talk about that here in just a second. And they just made a trade to help that. And everybody is dancing in Kansas City. And they don't care what they gave up. <laughs> yeah, it don't matter because it's they, they've still got one year left of cheap, cheapish contract on Patrick Mahomes. Again, this is another go for it year for them. But, yeah, we'll get into that. To me, Jamar Chase could be really good. But if Sewell was better as far as offensive line goes, they mess this pick up. And I, I'd still, I'd still even be more in favor of them taking Pitts over Chase. Oh, I agree. But uh, Jamar Chase, I mean, I understand like taking like a Calvin Johnson or Julio Jones in the top ten. I get that. Right. But passing on a potential potential all time left tackle. You can't do that. Not in the top ten. The game, the game is still won up front on O line and D line. Yeah. So it, I, it, I think the Bengals are going to mess this up. I got a gut feeling about it. Yeah, it, it's it's O and D line and quarterback play. I mean, that's that's the two that you have to have a quarterback. Um, you know, you you don't see the Brad Johnsons anymore. You don't see. Um, I can't can't even think of the guy. Um, Trent Dilfer, you know, Dilfer, yeah. true, a true manager, just, you know, not, you know, the quarterbacks that win now are the all pro quarterbacks and the all timers. I mean, it's just, you look at, it's just the way it is now. Yeah. I mean, have a top five quarterback in the league. So you do. And, and there's exceptions. I mean, don't get me wrong. Chase could be a hell of a player, but yeah, it, to me, the top 10 is still about quarterback O-line D-line with the occasional cornerback or linebacker mixed in right. you're gonna have talent you know especially if you get down to eight nine or ten and and right. you think you have some of that already um and you need a, a a corner i mean i think a corner can go top 10 like patrick sertan the second's gonna go in the top 10 and mm -hmm. i don't that's okay i mean it's but you know sometimes when you get start getting a little bit lower you got to go best available you just got to get the best players yeah that's for sure. I mean, yeah, the top four to five, I mean, it, it all depends, but you're right. Once you get to seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 11, then sometimes you just take best available and it might be a receiver or it might be a, right. a tight end or a linebacker. So yeah, I just, I think the Bengals, if they take Jamar Chase, I think it could be an all time mistake, which wouldn't surprise me if they pass on Sewell or even uh, Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern left tackle. If they take a receiver over both of those guys, I just ain't got a good feeling about it. I, I, I just think it's a mistake. And that stinks because I think Joe Burrow would be a lot of fun to be really good for a long time in this league, but we'll see. And we talked about that with the Jets. Sometimes just franchises, and when you go there, and I know he wanted to go there. He's from, he's from Ohio and everything. Um, but hopefully they don't mess it up because it would be fun to have Cleveland and Cincinnati start becoming better for the NFL. Oh yeah. That would be, a, imagine a 
Browns Bengals playoff game. Yeah. Baker and Burrow. That that would be awesome. You're right. That would be a lot of a lot of hype over that one. That'd be that'd be fun to watch. So no, I hope so. But in and again, going back to the Bengals, they've got Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, who they drafted last year. They're okay at receiver. Like they don't need to take receiver at number five. I mean, they can wait till round three, four later. So that's kind of my thinking on that one. But we'll see. I all the Bengals fans online that on the website that I'm on think it's Jamar Chase. Hmm. That's the gut feeling. So and that's I, where, you know, like I'm I'm assuming it's Mel Kuyper, but the top five prospects, he's number three. I mean, so I mean, and again, so he's a number three guy. You're drafting at five. You don't need a quarterback. Um so I guess I mean understand it, but I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I and again, he could turn out to be a thousand yard, ten touchdown guy, but again, like we talked about, the game's still won in the trenches after the quarterback. Yeah, I mean you, all you do is look at the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay's D line won that game. Is is that simple? Yep. It it wasn't Tom Brady. It wasn't Rob Gronkowski. It was the D line. <laughs> yeah, it, you know Patrick Mahomes might be the greatest talent ever play the quarterback position, but he had no time, so he was very non-effective. Right. And so, yeah, I, it's just we'll, we'll see. But yeah, the the Bengals are an interesting one. There, it's kind of a stubborn organization, and but the Dolphins picking next could be pretty happy because depending what the Falcons and Bengals do. They could have one or two of the top three players left just waiting there for them. Right. So the Dolphins, everyone thinks it's going to be – it's either going to be Pitts, Chase, or Sewell for the Dolphins. It's whoever's available. Yeah. There might be two. And, and that's what's got to drive a little – some – I mean, the people making these draft picks nuts because literally you're sitting there at six. You know you're going to get a good player, but you really have no idea who it's going to be. And maybe they do. Maybe they do know. I mean, in the inner workings, hey, those they're one of their friends works for you know the Bengals, and hey, this is our guy, you know. And maybe so maybe they do know, but just that would still have to drive you nuts because overall, you really don't know who you're gonna have. You know, between two or three guys, but you don't know. That drive me nuts. Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing. I mean, it's it's all a guessing game, and it, a lot of it depends on the teams ahead of you whether they do. Well, yeah, and, and if Lana would trade, then that changes everything. <laughs> and I think this is where it comes into mix. Let's just say, for example, hypothetical, the, the Broncos trade up with the Falcons for number four. And the, the Broncos take Fields or Lance or whoever. They take quarterback. Right. And then the Bengals, uh, you know, they, they take Pitts or Chase. Dolphins are sitting there. They take the next guy. And then we have the Lions. And if, if Pitts is still on the board. Yeah, they don't need him. They picked Hawkinson. Here's a team that I think, and I already bet them to take an offensive player, plus 230, is the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones is in love with Kyle Pitts, by all accounts. He even admitted it. And also, people are forgetting their offensive line is in a rebuild. This isn't the same offensive line they had four or five years ago, so – I think if Pitts drops a couple spots, maybe to the Dolphins, Alliance, don't be surprised if Dallas trades up for him and goes and gets him. The, the most common uh, mocked player I've seen outside of the top few, of course, is Patrick Sertan to the Cowboys. 
right. which makes sense because they, they need defensive back help. They definitely do. But their offensive line is not really that good. I'd say it's middle of the pack at best right now at this point. So you're saying if Sewell is still there at six? I'm saying if – Or even seven? Six or seven. I'm saying if Sewell, Pitts, or even Rashawn Slater are sitting there, don't be surprised if the the Cowboys don't trade up to six to get Pitts or stay put and take one of the offensive linemen at 10 if they can. I, I think there's value. I, I already bet the Cowboys plus 230 to take an offensive player first. Everyone's thinking defense, which that, that probably will be the case. But if Pitts makes it past four or five, look out for the Cowboys to be trading up for him. Because Jerry Jones has – I think he has uh, some regret about not getting Randy Moss back in the day. I think a lot of teams do, but – Well, but the, Cow the Cowboys were one that told him, like, if you're there, we're going to pick you, and then they didn't. And then all Randy Moss did his whole career was just burn him. Yeah. Every time they played, so I I think there's a chance the Cowboys move up to four with the Falcons. That that's the one I'm looking for. Them or the Broncos. I think it might happen. All right, so you got six. So who's at seven there? That you said Detroit's at seven. Yeah, the knee biters, uh, the Detroit Lions, <laughs> Matt Campbell and the gang. Uh, they probably need to trade down. They've got so many holes. Some people are saying, well, they might take a quarterback. They're, they're paying Jared Goff a lot of money. They yeah, picked they, up on the contract. So, and that was part of the reason they made the trade there instead of other teams because they knew they were getting a solid quarterback in return. Right. So I, I don't think they're taking a quarterback. Uh, you know, if Panay Sewell's there, I, I keep bringing him up, of course, but, you know, somebody's going to fall at this point. They do need to improve that O line. So I could see them taking him. Everyone's got him taking a receiver. I think they need to trade down. And them and the Patriots have done business in the past. So I think this is the position where the Patriots come up for a quarterback if they're going to. They'll be with the Lions because they've, they've done business in the past together. And I think that kind of matters sometimes. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to make a deal, when you know someone, it generally makes it easier. Yep, absolutely. All right, so who's at eight then? That's the Panthers. They, yeah. need, a left, they need a left tackle bad. So again, and, but they're, they're, I mean, they've even said they're up for whatever they will take trades. They will. I mean, that's even, yeah. come out from that. I, I, I think they'd be happy to trade down for them. They're probably hoping, well, they're probably hoping four or five quarterbacks get dropped, get drafted in the top four to six. Right. It's, unless they really like one of the guys. And then one of the all time, one of the best receivers or tight ends or linemen dropped to them, but they also need quarterback help. So one of the bets I was looking at, I know we're kind of mixing this in here with what team's up, but J.C. Horn was a guy that I bet on big at 14 and a half, the under draft position from the University of South Carolina. His dad was uh, Joe Horn, Saints wide receiver that had the famous uh, cell phone oh, touchdown yeah. celebration. So his over-under was 14 and a half a couple weeks ago. It's all the way down to 12 and a half to 13 and a half now. I took the under. I'm glad on that one. So that, that's a, I think around the Panthers pick is when that first defensive player will be taken potentially. I, I don't see it in the first six. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the Lions or Panthers take a defensive player, but I think it's around the Panthers or Broncos where defensive players start getting drafted potentially. It's going to be heavy offense at the beginning. I agree. 
too many quarterbacks up there. <laughs> yeah. And, and, teams need, and teams that need quarterbacks. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's and teams that need quarterbacks. It's this is really a good offensive draft, at least in the first round. All right. So now who's at nine? Number nine is Broncos. That's right. Yeah. So if, if they don't move up, uh, you know, Micah Parsons, a linebacker out of Penn State, Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn, the cornerback, or Rashawn Slater, the offensive lineman. I, I think those are the, the four guys that they're looking at. The Broncos have a pretty solid roster. They just need a quarterback. So Yeah, but they're in a um, horrible spot to get one. <laughs> they are. They're Like I said, they're probably going to have to go up to forward with the Falcons, most likely. I mean, if they can make it happen. So, yeah, the, that's what I'm looking at there. The Cowboys at 10. Again, I already talked about them. They need defensive back guys. But I, I do think there's a chance that they trade up for Kyle Pitts or they draft an offensive lineman there at 10. I just – that offensive line is not as good as everybody thinks it is. It, it was good three, four years ago. Right now it's pretty average. All right. Now let's just kind of talk a little bit about the overall draft and, and some teams that you think um, – are going to do really well and teams are just going to mess it up maybe as a, as an entire draft, you know? Well, teams that are going to mess it up. I mean, you look at the Bengals, Jets. Uh, that's an easy one. The Jets, the yeah. lions, uh, <laughs> the bears, the bears will mess it Although up. Those, the bears, uh, let's talk about the bears real quick. There, there's a lot of rumors coming down now that, um, David stills out of Stanford, Kellamont out of A&M, Kyle Trask of Florida, now there's there's a lot of these rumors that maybe the Bears take a quarterback at pick 20 or somewhere in the first round. And to me, that's every year there's not every year, but almost every year, there's a team that's desperate because the GM knows he's his ass is about to get fired. Oh yeah. He's lucky well, he still has a job. We've talked about this before. I don't that's know. That's right. That's that's Ryan Pace and the Bears. So you know, if the Bears trip to number four or six or seven to get Fields or Lance or someone, I got no problem with that. Right. I think that's, you know, it depends what you give up, of course. But if they take Kyle Trask or Mills at 20 or whatever it is, I I don't know. I mean, I agree. The Bears feel like the team of desperation this year, unfortunately for you as well, a Bears fan. Completely agree. And that's, yeah, Ryan Pace. Yeah, head coach is on the chopping a, block, GM's on the chopping block. And I think Nagy's actually a good coach. I, I think he's the type of guy that might get a second chance five years down the line. Because I, I don't think the Bears – I shouldn't say make not make the playoffs, but I, I don't think they make the playoffs this coming year because they got Andy Dalton, the quarterback. I mean, you're pretty limited, yeah. even though you have, a, even though you have a, a solid roster, actually. Um. I think he's the type of guy four or five, six years from now, after he gets fired, probably gets a second chance. So I think he might be a good coach, but it's Ryan Pace that probably made a lot of the mistakes for the Bears. Yeah. Unfortunately, we need old lady, uh, old lady McCloskey to pass away to change yeah. some stuff up. <laughs> but she's like 97 years old and still healthy enough. She goes to every game. She, I mean, Oh, yeah. No, she's involved. I mean, she, yeah. I mean, honestly, honestly, that's great. But <laughs> yeah, it's the, the Bears are, I think Jim McBain came out 
like a few weeks ago and said that's where quarterbacks go to die is Chicago. Oh, we don't. Which is kind of true. I mean, the, you know, them, the Browns, until they got Baker. Uh, it's too bad because I, I think the Bears have a pretty solid roster. Yeah, we, we've we've wasted Khalil Mack. <laughs> you have, and those defenses don't last very long. Elite defenses, and they had that a couple years ago. And I, I don't know. I I think the Bears could be a top ten pick next year in the draft. Yep, I guess well, I know. Six, six and eleven or something like that, and we'll see. Andy Dalton's limited. He, he's had some good years. I like the guy, but. He's definitely limited when it comes to the quarterback position. I know last year when you and I were talking, we talked about a player that might drop out of the first round or something. Remember AJ Epinesa? Some drafts he was mocked at number three overall to the Lions, like six months before the draft even took place the previous year. Yep. And then he fell to like, I don't know, it was 48 or he, he fell out of the first round. Uh, Gregory Rousseau out of Miami, the pass rusher, he's been dropping. He was kind of mocked in the 8 to 12 range, and now I'm seeing him a lot in the late 20s, so I wouldn't be surprised if if he's a guy that, that falls out of that first round. Um, Devontae Smith weighing 166 pounds. Want to get your opinion on that? That's pretty light. Really, really small, but he's really good. I mean, I don't know. But with with the rules in football today, as he's not going to have Ronnie Locke coming across the middle and killing him. Or if they, I mean, he he might, but then it's a huge penalty, and you know, um, I don't. He's really good. I mean, he's really good. No, he is, and uh, he's a little, and I. It's just tough. Um, I think he's going to be really good. And probably worth the top ten pick that he's going to be, uh, but is he going to be an All Pro and stuff? Probably not. You know, it, it's tough. One hundred sixty-six pounds. I mean, that that's light. Um, I don't know if you listen to Joel Klatt at all, college football guy. I, I mean, I know who he is, but I haven't listened yeah. to him lately. Well, color out of Buffalo. He's he's one of the best, in my opinion, when it comes to college football. And he he spoke about Devontae Smith, and he said, you know. NFL teams, there's probably going to be some NFL teams or coaches that they're stubborn, like we're going to put Devontae Smith on the outside. He's our number one, and that's it. <laughs> that's don't do that. one. No. He's like, no, you got to use this guy in the bubble game, sweeps, keep him in motion, jet screens, because that's what Alabama did. And basically what he said, he's like, if you're a coach and you're not willing to uh, let him be himself, then that's on you if it doesn't work. Right. He's a Swiss Army knife. And if you're only using one, one tool out of the knife, instead I'm of all the getting a little bit like Tariq Hill. I mean, he's not that speed or anything, but just right. Do whatever you can do to get him the ball, but lining him up on the outside and running a go against the number one cornerback isn't the guy. Isn't how you do it. Yeah, if you just ask him to run the standard route tree every single play, then you're wasting his talent. I think is what Joe Clout was saying. I, I and I completely agree. Yeah, you you yeah, bubble screen, you know, bubble screen and go, and yeah, and then you hand him on a reverse and put him in the backfield. I mean, yeah. You know. No, he's he's got talent. So I mean, he's the type of guy you want to get the ball 
to him as many times as he can during the game. Yeah, yeah, he's your guy that, that you have on your on your play sheet at the bottom or on the back. Those guys, those guys' sheets are huge, but it's you know when you think you need to get him the ball, then you got like five plays for him. You know, you you have a little box that is Devonte Smith. You know, play. Right. And, and you need a big play. I'm sure Andy Reid has a Terry Hill little box. Hey, we got to get the ball to him. You know. Yeah, like that fourth and one with uh, <laughs> yeah. Chad quarterback where Romo was screaming, they're not going to run a play, and then they did. <laughs> exactly. And they pulled it off. So, yeah, no, you're right. Like you said, they – especially for the top players, I mean, oh yeah, we have, we have an all-time player. You have plays for him. Yeah. And then and then I'm, I'm sure you use him in the uh, kick return game. I mean, I think that's another place you have to put him um, just because – Get him hands on the ball. Get his hands on the ball and see what happens. Yeah, you want him touching the football 10 to 20 times a game, yeah. regardless if it's kick returns, punt returns, rushing, receiving, whatever. Yeah, I he agree. Did. Now, he's a playmaker. The thing with that is, you know, those teams are going to have to make a decision because he does weigh 166 pounds, probably closer to 10 times a game than 15, you know, just because that – that will come back to get you. I, mean, I don't care, you know, 190 pounds is a lot different than 166. And when you play 17 games, it adds up. Yeah, 166 is light. You're right about that. Uh, it might have to be closer to 10 times a game or eight or whatever. But, yeah, 166 is light. Um, he's coming in at the right time because the game's changing. Right. I just don't know if the game has changed enough for 166 to last, that's how, how, how tall is he? Six foot on the die, I believe. Is he actually six foot or is that what he's listed at? He was listed as six one, I believe on the Alabama uh, roster sheet or whatever, but I think they measured him right at six foot. Cause you know, they always add an inch or 10 pounds. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. I mean, I just, yeah. So being six foot tall and he's skinny. I mean, he's, <laughs> There ain't so maybe, a lot to him. I mean, even if this year he could play at 175, that would help. You know, and then give him two or three years where, and I don't know how old he is, you know, people just get bigger and stronger a little bit older they get. You know, he'll, he'll be bigger at 25 than he is at 21, like he is right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. He'll, he'll put on some weight and some muscle. So, you know, but you can't get him killed in these first two years while he still weighs 175, you know. Yeah, it's one I was surprised and then I wish I could remember I was meant to look this up before we got started but there was a receiver a slot receiver in the draft that they were talking about that came in at 146 of this year's draft you know I'll have to look it up um God, I don't know if he played for Louisville or someone a slot guy that they expect to go in rounds like three through five two to a layo or something um, you know, one guy kind of in the same idea is Kane Nwongo from Iowa State, who has never been the number one guy. He was a you know all conference kick return guy, um, and I've actually been hearing that there's a lot of teams that really are intrigued with him to draft late in the game because he was behind, you know, a top draft pick in you know the guy with the Bears, you know David Mitt, you know uh, David Montgomery there from Iowa State, and then obviously Brees Hall is going to be one next year at top three round pick. Yeah. Um, 
So he was never the guy. And then one thing that intrigues the NFL, he only had 175 carries. So he doesn't have the wear and tear that some te- some running backs already do. And he played behind two really good ones. And you, he can help you in the passing game and help you in the return game. A versatile guy that doesn't have a lot of wear and tear, third down back-ish. You know, um, just kind of hearing that, that some teams have been really uh, intrigued by him because of his speed. He ran really, really fast at the pro day or combine, whatever he was at. Um, and actually, I what, think- What's his name again, real quick? Huh? What's his name again, real quick? Kane Nwongo. Yeah. I've seen him. I've seen him sneaking into like those fifth yeah. and sixth, seventh yeah. round. He's not a top three guy, you know, or you know, he's a late guy if drafted at all. But somebody that can make make a team and and help a team where no one's really ever heard of him outside of here, just because he never was a starter, never, you know, but just because of who he was behind, which is really sad to say that you might have had, you know, two or three running backs right in a row that overlap that are all going to be NFL guys. And Iowa State's had, you know, like three running backs total in their history or their team make the NFL, you know. Well, Iowa State's starting to put more people in the league. Next year will be the year where we talk about a lot of guys getting drafted. Yeah. There's, yeah. yeah, this year there's – I think there's two – they got a safety and a D lineman, I think, too, this yeah. year. But, yeah, but Bailey, yeah Bailey, uh, Bailey should get drafted. Um yeah, the one safety, uh, what is his name? He's not coming back. He could come. But, yeah, next year will be the year. Yeah, we'll that probably works. have five, six guys drafted next year. Yeah, it'll be a big year for them. And if they do, like, you know, if Iowa State gets five, six guys drafted, yeah. you know, that's recruits pay attention to that stuff. So yeah, next year, big... the tight end could go in the first round. I mean, I really think that, you know. And they have another tight end that could go in, like, rounds three through five, don't they? Two of oh, them. Yeah. Chase Allen could too. I mean, I'm a little surprised he came back because he was a senior this year. He's a really smart guy. Like, uh, and then, you know, he's had a, he's been a little bit injury prone. Um, his dad, well, Terry Allen was a coach at Kansas and Missouri state. And so they know football. And so maybe they know that, you know, if you just go ahead and finish whatever you want to get done in school, um, go play three, four years in the NFL. You know, I mean, that's just what it's going to be and then go on about your business, but take advantage of your time right now. Right, right. Yeah, no, Iowa State's going to be – this year is kind of – for both Iowa and Iowa State, this year is kind of not as exciting. I mean, Iowa's got Davion Nixon, Namir Smith-Marset, Chauncey Golston, and Alaric Jackson, and then a few others. But, yeah, this year is not quite as exciting for the, the state of Iowa. I mean, there's going to be players drafted, but next year could be really a lot of fun, especially for Iowa State. Yeah, and – yeah nervous as I'll get out for next football season. You know that. <laughs> Excited, but like nervous. I don't blame you. Um, and I went out and I uh, I just said, heck with it all. I bought four season tickets. So we're going all in. <laughs> well, that, that's all right. It could be a big, I mean, it could be the one of the best years in team history. So you may as well. Oh, yeah. Advantage. And I'm trying to figure out how to get to Vegas and for that game and Well, at least it's a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing to have the the possibility of, you know, getting to travel around, go to these games or these locations. Well, that's the thing. Okay, so you think about Iowa State. I remember hearing this a few years ago when when Georgia played in the national title game. That was the year they went to 
they had a skit on this. They went to Notre Dame. And so people that traveled there paid all kinds of money to go to a game. And then I think they played Alabama at home that year. Just in, did they play them in the regular season too? I, I think they did. Yeah. Cause I, well, I don't think, okay. So they did play Alabama in the regular season. So fans had to pay a lot of money to watch that game. Then they won the uh, SEC championship against somebody else. It wasn't Alabama. I don't think. Yeah. But it was a few years ago, but they had a yeah, yeah, anyway. SEC title game. Been LSU or Auburn, probably. Yeah. And then they uh, um, beat Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl, paid all kinds of money to go to. <laughs> and then they played the national title game. So it had like the Georgia rich guy or whatever. And then at the end of the year, he was poor and all get out because he had to pay it all to go to all these games. <laughs> yeah. It's you. But yeah, I mean, I, I understand. I mean, you know, and not that Vegas is playing Notre Dame, but, you know, that's going to be a bowl-like setting for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. You know, if everything goes the way they should, they should be playing the Big 12 title game. And then you win that game, you have as good a chance as any to be in the playoff. And then, hell, who knows? You know, I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, we know it's going to be – I mean, we think we know, but we think it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, and then two other teams. Yeah. Whoever they are. Well, probably, probably Ohio State, as long as they don't lose to, you know, a weird game like they sometimes do. But, mm-hmm. you know, those three, and then it's, you know, you know, right now, if, if you looked, it's Oklahoma, but somehow it's a, a winner of the Big 12. Right. And so, the Pac 12 is kind of out of the mix at the moment. Huh? Yeah. The Pac 12. Yeah. The Pac 12 is out at this point. So, yeah. I mean, no, it'll be a big year for Iowa State, dude. It'll be a lot of fun. I mean, they've got they've got players that are gonna get drafted. They've got Heisman guys. Yeah, so two, seen two of the top ten Heisman preseason favorites. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw a ranking came out the other day that there's around seven or nine mm-hmm. preseason poll. I mean, you know, nobody knows right now because it's been a weird two years. But if Brock Purdy can get them to nine or ten regular season wins, well, we never that, we've never won ten games in the history of Iowa State. Right, and then then get a bull win on top of that. I mean, oh yeah, he, he could go from being a fourth round pick to a second or maybe even a first. It just that's how things happen. Well, if if he takes them to the Big Twelve title game a year again, and they have the Heisman Trophy thing at normal time and normal, he's probably a Heisman final, finalist. I would guess. Oh yeah. Because he'll be going against Spencer Rattler, most likely. Right. And, they're, and they would already played once, and then they're probably going to play again, you know. Yeah, and that would be the grudge match. Right. Well, may, I'm, maybe well, the grudge. Yeah. But but just yeah. the one that matters, really. The one that matters, yeah, because no one's going to worry. I mean, the game you can, you can lose early in the year. You can't lose late. Can't. Yeah, you can't lose late. That's for sure. So, yeah, it could be him versus Spencer Rattler, and that could be it for a Heisman position uh winning the playoff a draft pick i mean it, there's, there's gonna be a lot riding on that game if it happens yeah and you know he wants he wants that back because that throw he had to end that game he wants that one back bad i mean you don't yeah. know what happens later on but he, that was just a little bit premature you know if there was 25 seconds left in the game it is what it is but there's still a minute and 30 right you know yeah, <laughs> If you only have one or two plays, then that's all you have. And you just do whatever you have. Yeah, that's definitely one he would like back. 
Um, no, it should be good. I, I don't know if there's a lot of other stuff you want to talk about draft wise or um, let's just kind of talk, you know, kind of the two things we, we talked, talked on this earlier, but uh, you know, Orlando Brown jr. To the chiefs, lots of draft picks back. And actually I was actually impressed with the chiefs. They got, you know, they, they swapped picks this, this uh, you know, the end of the first round into the beginning of the second round, swap those picks. And then they get the chiefs also get a pick next year, a late pick and Orlando Brown. And, you know, they really traded for, I was looking at it kind of a, a third and a fourth this year is really what they tra- they traded for. Pretty much. And there's a lot of people online saying it's a one-year rental. I, I think it's going to be longer than that, but let's just say if it is a one-year rental. And they go in the Super Bowl, who cares? <laughs> they're, they have a one-year window right now, like we just talked about, I think when we first got started. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still on a reasonable deal, money-wise. So... Yeah, it might be a one-year deal, but who who cares? I mean, if you make the Super Bowl, and if you happen to win it, it it, it doesn't matter that much. I mean, you'll figure it out in the long run. I, I, I think they work him out to a long-term deal, or at least a three- or four-year type of deal after the season. So, yeah, to me, I, I think it was it was actually a good deal for both teams. Yeah. It's one of those where people are like, oh, you got to – who's the winner, who's the loser – and the Ravens are going to go sign Villanueva, right, or whatever. Is that that's what I heard? That's the rumor, and and also they have pick well, that pick they got from the Chiefs is thirty one. I think they also have pick like twenty six, whatever it is. I kind of forget those exact numbers in the later rounds, but uh, let's see here. Anyway, twenty seven is what they have. So kind of mixing them into one of the bets I like. I like over six point five offensive lineman in the first round. And I think the now the Ravens are going to add into that because they have two picks at 27 and 31. I think one of them is offensive lineman. I, I mean, pretty, you would have Pretty good so. chance. Yeah. So that's why – that's another reason I like the over on six and a half alignment draft in the first round. So the, the Ravens add to that. You know, you're looking at a guy like Stan Cosme out of Texas – uh, Land Dickinson out of Alabama, maybe Wyatt Davis, a guard out of Ohio State. But regardless, I mean, Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State is probably going to be gone before then. But there, there's a lot of good offensive linemen in this draft. And we've talked before that it's tough to find good offensive linemen these days. You, know, you can find receivers and quarterbacks and running backs, but offensive linemen are kind of becoming a – they're tough to find. The real good ones. So, I, you know, I, I, I definitely think over. I, th- I think there's a good chance over over six and a half O linemen in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, because I mean, well, we talked about earlier O linemen, D linemen, and quarterbacks. That's what you should try to spend your top draft pick on. Whether right. you're, you know, obviously, if you're drafting at twenty six, you that know, changes things. But getting an O line or D lineman, you know, yeah, you're not gonna. It, it might not be the the edge rusher or the offensive tackle, but if you can draft that guard that is your guard for the next ten years, you know, or that interior lineman that's your that's your guy for five years, that just plugs everything up. That's that's a great pick. <laughs> it really is. Unfortunately, they don't do that enough. Um, they go take that super fast receiver that is what he is. Yeah. And, and 
you know, that there's plenty of examples of both. I mean, you look at a guy like Quentin Nelson four or five years ago for the Colts. I think he got picked fifth, sixth, or seventh overall, a guard. And everyone's like, well, you can't take a guard that all that high. Well, shit, if he keeps playing the way he is, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So, yeah, you can't take a guard that high. Again, it just – once you have your quarterback and your coach – well, if we're, if we're just talking draft. Once you have your quarterback, it's all about the O-line and D-line. Yep. Protect your quarterback, get after their quarterback, and then obviously mix in. There's certain situations where there's players available or players draw that maybe you might pick someone a little earlier than you want or later. But for the most part, it's O-line and D-line still. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just can't, you know, that just, I, I know when I coach football, if you have a good O-line and D-line, you can figure everything else out. doesn't matter how good your skill guys are. Um, if you don't have an OD line, you're in trouble. And, you know, everybody talks about, you know, you know, Tomo hasn't been great at football lately, but, you know, would Sigourney Kyoto be able to beat them and stuff? And maybe, uh, but OD lines are huge differences because, you know, Otomo can put out a line that's a lot bigger than Sigourney Kyoto can. Now there's given instances where a certain year, Teams have big O-line, but year in and year out, uh, you know, 4A schools are going to have better offense and defensive linemen. And all the teams have good skill players. You know, I mean, I, everybody can find the the good running back or a good receiver or a good quarterback. But o and line is just the difference. And, and honestly, that's the difference in 4A. Um, you, you know, Dowling every year has great offense and defensive line. Valley has great offense and defensive line. You know, unless you have a true game changer or, you know, like this year, Southeast Polk. Well, they shouldn't even say them. You know, they have they have a, a defensive back that's uh, can go wherever he wants. I mean, he has an offer from Clemson, Ohio State. He can go wherever he wants. Uh, but they've got a couple of linemen that are getting recruited to Division One, And that was the difference, you know, because you can. You know, just skill guys, you can make up for that a little bit. It's tough. Like, I know he, when he went against the Tumway, he did whatever he wanted. He punt return for a touchdown, kick return for a touchdown, things like that. But the O&D line, you just can't stop that. If, if they're good there, it's just it, you're in for a long, long day. No, yeah. If you have if you have a really good O-line unit, D-line unit, both, they're going to dominate the game. And, again, you can have, you can have Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, or whoever, it doesn't matter, high school guy, they can make some plays and they're going to make some plays. But throughout the course of a game, I mean, that's really where it comes down to. And and again, it just brings them back to the Bengals. If they take Jamar Chase at number five over Panay Sewell or Sean Slay, I just, I got real questions about that because they already have good receivers. Would Chase make them better at receiver? Yeah, I mean, obviously he would. He's a really good prospect, but yeah, I mean, it's the big guys. No one wants to talk about the big guys up front, no. uh, you know, and, Absolutely. and again, the offensive line is actually a unit too. It's one of the, in football, it's an actual unit that needs to work together. They need to practice together five on five or even with a tight end or mixed end, you know, six on six or whatever, but it's a unit and it's not just one guy outside that goes and makes plays. It's, it's five guys working together. Yeah, absolutely. 
Then the last thing I want to, uh, you know, touch on uh, Deshaun Watson situation in Houston. Um, I think teams over the NFL have to be just ecstatic. They did not trade for him uh, when he first went up uh, on the trading block. Um, and maybe they kind of knew this and that's why he didn't get traded. If they knew this was coming. Um, Cause, but it's looking worse and worse, but as of right now, he is not suspended by the NFL or anything that I've heard. He's still on the Houston Texans and still going to get paid this year. Um, I expect that to change. I mean, I just don't see how when the season comes, he's not suspended or something, you know, um, I, I don't know how you pay him as $25 million a year, whatever he's getting when all this stuff's happening. Um, so that will be interesting. Obviously he's not going to get traded. I mean, there's no team going to take anything for him or I, I mean, even if they gave him away, they're not taking him. Um, it's a sad situation. You know, obviously if he's guilty of this stuff, uh, he needs to be in big trouble and should be. Um, but, uh, it, it's a shame because he, uh, was really on a trajectory to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, he, he was on the path to being the, one of our, the all-time greats of this time period. Right. You know, you don't want to say all-time, but this, this time period, he was on that kind of trajectory. And at first when I heard this, I'm like, okay, you know, obviously the old saying, innocent until proven guilty type right. of deal. I, I completely agree. And, but then I, but then it got to what, 24, 25, 26 cases against him. If he's and innocent, he, this is the best, con, this is the biggest conspiracy and best done conspiracy theory ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it could be those, who knows down there with Texas, but no, uh, after hearing a lot of athletes, current athletes and former athletes come out and speak and like, no way, like professional athletes, their bodies are, that's their living. That's how they make you hear. I, I mean, I think I heard uh, Russell Wilson say he spends a million dollars a year just on stuff for his body. Right. And they have one masseuse. Maybe two. Maybe two. <laughs> and they have one chiropractor. Right. And they yeah, have they, one doctor and one dentist. Yeah, and they that's find the they person they like. Yeah. They find the person they like and they stick with them. And yeah. They hire them full time. That, that, yeah. that person doesn't do anybody else. Yeah, or they or that person only handles the top of the line name, right. you know, yeah. the Brady's, the Wilson's, right. the Watson's. They don't have 24 to 26 of these people. That's what makes it look really bad. Right. Besides everything else, of course. So, yeah, I, I don't know. We live in a world now, I think, where you're guilty until proven innocent. I agree. And that stinks. But in this case after hearing all the former athletes come out and say, no, 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 uh, you don't have 24 to 26 massage, massage therapists. You have one or two, you know, you have one chiropractor, one doctor, right. That kind of, that for me, that kind of made it more clear. Like, yeah, this ain't really looking good for him. Right. Obviously. And, and we'll find out more. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna play itself out. We'll see if settlements are involved. If settlements are involved, people make their own conclusions from that. Uh, but yeah, it's disappointing because he was looking to be one of the the all-time greats of this generation, and he might not ever play another down again at this point. Right. I mean, it's going to be tough. 
Yeah, no, it, yeah, it, it will be tough. And like I said, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. There's a lot to play out, but uh, you know, you and I have talked before. I, I thought the Texans were in trouble before this, and yeah, I, I didn't expect this. <laughs> this is this is more than even I expect. This is crazy. I mean, oh, because at least you know. Okay, so he gets traded. At least you get stuff back. Yeah, now you're just him. now you're just not going to have anything. Yeah, you won't have him, and you won't have any picks because Bill O'Brien and whoever else trade them all away. <laughs> you're going to be left with Tyrod Taylor and like two draft picks, and I I don't know. I mean, they're they literally are looking at a total rebuild, yeah. uh, just like we've never seen before. This, well, this and, and really have, that. that's why JJ Watt left. He just didn't want to deal with that. I, I really think he, he probably wanted to stay in Houston, finish his career, but he just is like, I want to win and I just can't do this. Yeah, no, I don't blame him. You're right. I, I think he left. He's like, he'd obviously been there for like 10, 12, whatever it is. He's been there long enough. Right. Uh, he, he probably knew the writing was on the wall and it's like, I got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Like, this is a sinking ship type of deal. Right. So, yeah, good for him for leaving. Uh, I don't know if the Cardinals are going to be a Super Bowl contender. They might be. Uh, they're an interesting team. We'll talk about them some other time, I, I suppose. But, yeah, good for him for getting out of there. He deserves to go somewhere else, you know, Yeah. see what happens. Maybe he made the right decision, maybe he didn't. But it's definitely going to be better than Houston. Right. And, and whether Arizona wins or not, is he'll enjoy it. it. It won't be just a complete sinking ship, as you called it. And I completely agree that I have to deal with all the, all the questions. And did you, I mean, you know, this is going to, when they start having media, did you see anything? Did you hear anything? Did you, do you know this stuff was happening? You know, those guys are going to get asked that. And he yep. still might get asked it some just because he was there, uh, but it won't be every day. Like it would be in Houston. No, no, it won't be every day, but you're right though. Uh, those those top players on both sides of the ball are going to get asked that every day to, for a while. I mean, eventually the questions will stop, but yeah, it's good for him for getting out of there. You know, when you and I first started doing this, I said I thought the Texans were in trouble. Yeah, you've, you've been not on them for a while. But this was this was more than anything I expected. Well, no. I, I couldn't have even predicted this. This was this is just insane. I, I don't know. I mean this Texans team might be worse off than the expansion draft that they had before they were even a team. <laughs> Literally. I mean, that, that's how bad it could be right now, but this, it's, it's not good. I mean, it, now that uh, Watson has these accusations against them, like you said, they can't even really probably get anything for him. No, they, so they, they would really have to just give him away. He's a waste of commodity at this point. Right. And then, so, just for this is just a business NFL like so so they have so that so the NFL suspends him this year does all that money still go against them can they go sign other people uh you're talking about his salary versus yeah, like Texans? the salary cap and all that I mean I don't, I don't know. know I I think I guess my first question would be is how is the contract written up because no, there, there could be there could be wording in it that says if you're somehow suspended, like more morality clause, like a lot of lot of yeah. like a lot of contracts for businesses do, which I don't know, and I haven't read anything about that. Uh, Me neither. There's probably something like that, but that that's that would be my first question: is okay, is there 
is there a clause or something written in the contract that says, okay, if you get suspended or in trouble or whatever, then we don't owe you any of this money type of deal. Right. But I'm not even saying that he gets the money. I'm saying, does it go against like the Texan salary cap and, and their yeah. inability, their inability to go sign other players? Like, you right, know. right, right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I get your, I get exactly what you're saying. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the, the salary cap is tricky. Right. There a lot of people online are always arguing about it. People get in like big fights about the salary cap. And I'm just like, I don't understand it. No, that's all I know. All I know is I don't quite understand it that much because it seems like it seems like every year a team is 60 million below the cap. And then two years later, they're 30 million above and they got no problem. So teams manipulate the cap. Oh, yeah. Well, all those teams have people that that's their one and only job is to figure out the salary cap. Right. It's a billion dollar industry. So they should have those people. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, the salary cap is weird. I, I don't understand it all the time. I know I understand some of the nuances of it. Like you have to spend so much money every three years, you know, and I know there is a, a cap, but it's, it seems like teams play around with the cap, like it's monopoly money. So here's, but they're smarter than uh, we are probably. Absolutely. Way smarter. <laughs> than I know that. So. All right. Well, we've been going a little over an hour here. I kind of like to keep them, you know, not too much yep. longer than that. Um, you know, maybe we, you know, after this uh, coming weekend, we'll, you know, just kind of do a, a draft recap, um, you know, especially if there's big surprises and stuff and, and you can kind of give your grades and stuff. Um, but overall, good. Uh, anything else, you know, you want to talk about or anything real quick before we take off? Nope. Uh, like you said, we'll do a recap. And this year I'll actually give out some grades. Last year you asked me like to give grades and I just, I did kind of the, uh, the coward answer, like, uh, yeah. well, the teams that had more draft picks probably did better. <laughs> so what I'm going to, what I'm going to do this year is I'm actually going to look at every draft pick individually and I'm actually going to give out grades. So if one team picked three players and one team picked 10, nobody, I'm not going to, judge it and that type of deal so i'm gonna actually have my top three or four and my worst three or four sounds good awesome i always like hearing that stuff trev and and i appreciate you uh being on here with me yep it's been fun all right well thanks a lot and we'll uh talk to you later all right have a good night thank you for listening to morgan you asked for podcast if you like what you hear click the like button or hit subscribe if you want to hear more episodes from Morgan the Ask For Podcast. Also, if you would like to comment or with any show ideas or anything, please contact me at Morgan the Ask For Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at RyanMorgan34.